I'm always happy when we get to this point in our week because this point in our week introduces us once again to our friend Jamie Court. Now, Jamie Court has been part of our show nearly from the beginning, but if you are new to our show, please get to know Jamie Court. He is the president of Consumer Watchdog. In my humble opinion, the president of the wrong thing. United States would be my idea, but president of Consumer Watchdog is an important job because ConsumerWatchdog.org is standing up for all of us. And if you're new to us on Real Talk 910 in the San Francisco Bay Area, Jamie and I have got a topic that is literally in your backyard. Hey, Jamie, thanks for coming back on the Norman Goldman Show. Hey, Norman, it's always my pleasure to be here. Jamie, uh, you know, we recently added our friends back in San Francisco on Real Talk 910, and you and I have been doing weekly sessions here for a long, long time. Normally, we have more of a national bent, and there is a national bent to this story. However, it involves coal and climate change, but we do start in San Francisco because Governor Jerry Brown, the longest-serving governor in the history of the state, and if they keep the term limits, will always be, is finishing his fourth and final term. The dude's like 80 years old. He's got a couple of months left. There's an election in November for a new governor. And Jerry Brown has built this reputation as a clean, green governor. And we know we know that's not exactly true. But there's a chance coming up in San Francisco very soon for all of this to be on display. Is he brown or is he green? And, Jamie, what's this all about? Well, I mean, look, Governor Brown talks a great game against climate change. And he has talked about the demand side, you know, uh, trying to curb our demand. In fact, we've had some good results with greenhouse gas uh, emission targets being reached. But what he hasn't done is laid a hand on the oil industry in terms of its oil extraction, in terms of fossil fuel limits on the supply side. And this is so critical because obviously it's the fossil fuels and our uh, extraction of them and our usage of that economy that is driving climate change. So today, 26 climate scientists came out and urged Governor Brown to phase out California oil extraction. We've done a map, Norm. You can go to, this is the website, wait for it. It's Brown versus Trump, brownvtrumpoilmap.org. And take a look at who has more oil wells offshore in California. Who controls more oil wells? The federal government under Donald Trump or the state government? under Governor Brown, who's really critical, by the way, of Trump doing federal offshore oil drilling. Brown beats him four to one. Wow. He got like 5,000 state oil wells. Wow. And a thousand, like a thousand federal oil wells under Trump. So here's a guy who has not closed a single oil well. These climate scientists sent this letter basically warning that actions are needed if you want to meet the Paris climate targets and protect millions of Californians living near these oil and gas wells. You've got to limit the oil extraction. And if we're going to reach this goal of limiting global warming to the well below two degrees Celsius line that the Paris Agreement drew, uh, what you have to do is go in the top oil producing state, in, the, in, the, in one of the top oil producing states in the nation, I guess Texas is the other, and Alaska. Stop extracting you know, this dirty, carbon-intensive crude that we have here in California. Uh, put a freeze on it. And it's part of 800 groups that have come together, including ours, to call on Brown before the Global Action Summit starting in September 14th in uh, San Francisco. We want him to show that there is a limit to what we will drill and frack in California, and he has set no limits. And if you are a climate leader, you have to set limits. The letter is the scientific research 
that's showing the necessity of this. We have 8,500 active oil wells, these scientists show, that are within 2,500 feet of homes, schools, and hospitals. And that's very dangerous for communities. We need to protect these communities because, you know, there's a tremendous amount of carbon dioxide, uh, an estimated 425 million metric tons of carbon dioxide that these 8,500 wells would produce between 2019 and 2030. And that's hazardous to communities. It's hazardous to the earth. It's hazardous to the climate. So um, we had this scientific letter building on something that happened a couple of weeks ago, June 26th. More than 100 local elected officials sent a letter to Brown calling on a statewide phase-out of fossil fuel production. doesn't mean we're going to close every oil well tomorrow. What it means is let's stop new oil wells. Let's talk about stopping oil wells within 2,500 feet of homes and schools and where people live and work and play. It can be done, and it will have no impact on our economy. It will have little impact. Uh, if any. On, if any. And, and, and it'll have a huge impact on our health and our environment and the climate. And why doesn't Brown do it? And, and you know, it, it, it's a real question that just kind of hangs in the air, and he never answers it. Well, Jamie, as to that question, this conference on September 14th in San Francisco, what's it about? Well, it is a huge global action climate conference. That's what it's about. It's about trying to chart a new course for, for climate action in the Trump age. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an international conference. Uh, groups and, and nations and climate change fighters are coming from all across the world to San Francisco. And Brown, you know, in his last couple of months in office, you know, this is his last term, you know, should be making some type of pronouncement before this summit uh, about what he's going to do on fossil fuels. And yet, you know, all we have seen out of him in the last 30 days uh, he'll have in the legislature in August, when it reconvenes August 1 and ends on August 30th, he'll have 30 days to finish his agenda. And his finishing his agenda is really quite scary. It is really about helping the fossil fuel industry. A good example is he wants to go to a Western regional electricity market. This was what was proposed in the, literally in the days of Enron and deregulation here in California. Instead of having regulated monopolies, we're going to trade energy across the region. Now, he claims that's going to lead to a low-carbon grid. But what we know is that there's a lot of coal owned by Warren Buffett and a company called Pacificor in the West. And they're wanting to get into California, which they can't now. And once you start to go to this regional Western market with a lot of coal-based energy, the renewables we here have in California are going to be overwhelmed because when you're in a regional market, instead of our state utility commission controlling the rules, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission controlled by Donald Trump gets to determine whether we can keep coal out of California or whether we have to let coal-powered electricity in. And environmental groups and consumer groups like ours are up in arms that we would ever give Trump appointees to the FERC the power to dictate our environmental laws. And yet Brown is pushing so hard for this that legislators in Sacramento who do not want this thing through have had their arms twisted. There's a conference committee on the topic, and he is pushing to make this happen, and we cannot figure out why. Uh, so it, 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 it boggles the mind, well, Jamie, uh, Norm, I think, that 
one of their arguments is is that we're paying other states to take solar power off our hands because we're generating so much and we can't use it. We're actually paying other re, uh, nearby states, regional states, to take uh, solar power off our hands, which strikes me as extremely dumb, especially at the same time as we've got all this oil extraction. Uh, why aren't we using this solar power ourselves? But, Jamie, uh, let, let me just introduce you to people who are just joining us because people pop in and out all the time. If you don't know the voice, we're talking to Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T. If you do know the voice, then you know Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T. He's the president of Consumer Watchdog. They are here in Santa Monica near me in the, in the L.A. area. But you can find them online at consumerwatchdog.org. And, Jamie, this argument that we have been uh, paying other states to take solar panels solar power off of our hands uh, has been driving a lot of people crazy and I think that's the driving force to say we can force these other western states off of coal by putting our solar power into their states through this regional grid but the problem of course is Donald Trump and the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission isn't it? Well also first of all Trump just uh, is trying to push uh, the mandatory use of coal on these west on these on these multi-state uh, electricity systems that he controls. So that is clearly in his agenda. But more importantly, we're going back to commoditized electricity in a Western trading system. You know who's really behind this bill? It's the bankers, as well as Buffett and Pacific Corn, a guy named Phil Angeles, uh, who's a billionaire uh, who has some, some other interests uh, in Wyoming and other places. The bankers want this trading system, the same ones that, you know, traded our electricity away and let our grid be manipulated so they could jack up the price of electricity and make a killing back in the day of electricity deregulation out here. And they could do it again. So it's the speculative commodity trading and something we need to live that's really dangerous. And, 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 and the fact that Jerry Brown would go back to it, he loves market mechanisms, okay? He loves cap and trade instead of actually just hard caps on what refiners can pollute. They get to trade for credits, cap and then trade of pollution credits rather than stop the altogether with uh, pollution. And then he, he, he also, I think, has a, a fetish for guys like Warren Buffett, who in his next evolution after his governor's office, uh, it doesn't hurt to have Warren Buffett on your side, whatever you want to do, whether it's, whether frankly, it's raise money for your military academy and your art school in Oakland, or whether it's, uh, if you have political ambitions for yourself or your wife, it's nice to have Warren Buffett on your side, the cold king of, of, of Nevada. Uh, and I, 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 I find the fact that a governor who has declared Trump public enemy number one to our environment would give power to Trump's Federal Energy Regulatory Commission to invalidate our environmental laws and is pushing so hard to do it. This would be the ultimate hypocrisy. I also say one other thing about Jerry Brown. He, he has this climate summit where he really needs to deliver something on the fossil fuel side, the, the oil piece, the the setbacks, the uh, freeze on drilling. But he also is facing, for Californians, a ballot measure to repeal a 12-cent-per-gallon gasoline tax that he is very vulnerable on. The public mm -hmm. hates this tax only because they pay a dollar more for gasoline than the rest of America because he hasn't done anything to curb gouging at the pump by oil companies. So they're angry at the high price of fuel. They should be angry at the oil companies, which they are. But Brown has given done nothing to the oil companies except take their millions of dollars. He has not curbed price gouging at the pump. And as a result, he's got us vulnerable on his gas tax repeal initiative, which is going to bring out a lot of Republicans 
in a lot of congressional districts, those six congressional districts that are swing districts that could control Congress. So Jerry Brown's love of the oil industry is not only bad for our health, it's not only bad for climate change, it could determine the balance of power in the House of Representatives come November, because if we don't get those deans as Democrats in six seats, uh, and I'm speaking personally as a Democrat now on behalf of my organization, which doesn't take positions on candidates. Hello. Just we emphasizing. Have, uh, we, have a, we have a situation where the governor of California's um, unwillingness to buck the oil industry in any way has created a condition where Paul Ryan can put a ballot on the initiative to buck government over the high price of gas, to bring out Republicans, to keep the balance of power with with, with with the GOP. And I would say that is that is a very uh, bad legacy breaker for Jerry Brown. And he needs to do something to prove he's tough on oil across the board before November to show the public that, he, that the government's there to help them with the oil industry. It's not it's not part of the problem with high gas prices. It's not part of the problem with dirtying uh, our environment and, and creating climate change. It's there to help solve those problems. He has not demonstrated that. And the public's going to turn against him big on this gas tax repeal. He's not going to argue that it's going to help the roads successfully because people just are viscerally angry about the high price of gas. And he's got to deal with the oil industry having us over a barrel with dependence, with gouging. He's got to get a new game. And it's really hard to get an 80, what, 80 year old <laughs> right. you know, in his last four months in office to get a new game. But if he doesn't get a new game, he's going to have a very different legacy than he thinks he has today. It's going to end very bad for him. Well, Jamie, that, that's my concern is that he's doing nothing to sell the voters on the need for the gas tax to rebuild the infrastructure. It's been neglected so long and the Republicans hate taxes and they're going to pour out. And it looks like a real recipe for disaster. And what's also, Jamie, a recipe for disaster is that 42 percent of the coal mined in America today comes from Wyoming and it's mechanized. It's not even, you know, the classic guys with the hard hats and the grimy faces guys. I mean, it's mechanized coal mining uh, done on a you know a, 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 a rotator belt basis uh, in Wyoming, and that's my concern is because so much coal is coming out of Wyoming, so much forty two percent of the nation's coal. Uh, uh, if we are in a western regional grid, all that coal is going to end up in our grid, and and our solar goals will will be a goodbye. Uh, is that is that a reasonable concern of mine, or am I being paranoid? As long as the federal government is controlled by Donald Trump, it's more than reasonable. It's likely because he gets to appoint the commission that dictates the rules on what governs interstate electricity markets. Now we have a largely California-only market. California's legislature and our public utility commissioner get to set the rules for renewables. The minute we open it up to an interstate system, the courts have said, well, then you're subject to FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. And they're going to shut down any effort to export our renewables and to keep coal out. Now, Maybe. even if we got wow. a Democrat in the White House, things would change because wow. under Obama, FERC wasn't much better. <laughs> so, you know, I would rather live or die with our own state elected officials who are subject to conflict of interest laws and our own state public utility commissioners than have voters. to live by Trump appointees to some federal commission that has shown it's willing to do whatever the president wants.
This is why I love Jamie Corden. This is why we love having Jamie Corden on our show every week. Check out ConsumerWatchdog.org. You'll see Jamie Corden and all his great colleagues there fighting the good fight for all of us. Jamie, the clock is always against us, but I really appreciate you taking the time again to be part of the Norman Goldman Show. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Norm.